Johnny Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Ethan Edgehill. And I'm Mary Clay Watt. And today we're having a party. Or maybe we're going to get killed one by one. So grab your lead pipes. Or head to the secret passageway. Because today we're bringing you... Clue. was released on December 13th, 1985, which is exactly 12,300 days ago. It's released on a $15 million budget. Didn't quite make that back at $14.6 million uh, worldwide. Such a bummer because it's such a such a good and I wonder what else got a <laughs> Well, it came out um, in December. So I wonder what other like, quote unquote, Christmas release movies were out at that time. We'll find that out in one second, but it did uh, it did manage to score an almost positive 59% on Rotten Tomatoes with an 86% uh, audience score on Rotten Tomatoes and 36% on Metacritic. Now let me find out what December releases, December movie release. Because if it's like Jurassic Park, that I get. It's not Jurassic <laughs> Park. That was June uh, 16th, sure. Sounds good It was a few months me. after I was born. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was Clue and uh, The Color Purple. Oh, well, there you go. Out of Africa. Yeah, that, that that'll do it. <laughs> Academy Award yep. winning Color Purple. And Academy Award winning Out of Africa. Yeah, well, poor Clue. Poor yeah, Tim that'll Curry. do it. Yeah. And a chorus line came out. Oh. And the jewel of the Nile. Man, they had no chance. And a room with a view. <laughs> so yeah, it had some uh had some movies I've actually heard of. There were some bangers. Of. There was yeah, there were some some heavy hitters there in December. Anyway, this movie got a whopping uh fifty nine percent and uh didn't make very much money at all. It actually didn't make any money. It lost money. But actually, I think this is my. Mm, this might be the first movie released reviewed the lost money. Really? Oh, sorry. <laughs> We've had some that came close, and we had some that didn't make very much money at all, but also didn't cost very much money at all. Man. Ah. Uh, well, I don't care because we're talking about Clue, and it's a great. No, this movie, is a great movie. I, so I love this movie. It had been it had been a minute since I saw it for the first time. Oh uh, yeah. Well, not for the first time since I saw it last. I've seen it several times. But um, real quick, do you have a positive review for me of this movie? Yes, I do. Um, Wesley Lovell from Cinema Site says, "Like a well-oiled machine, Clue uses slapstick and situational humor to tell a rather pointed story." And then there's another Correct. review that basically says, "Tim Curry steals the show," which well, okay is accurate. You can say that about most movie season. <laughs> Uh, I have a review from Roger Ebert uh, that just says, Oh, no. One ending is more than enough. Oh, that's just uncalled for, sir. I mean, to be fair, it, this is a very short movie. Oh, yeah. And it did spend a considerable amount of said short movie ending the movie three times. Oh, yeah. So I, because this is, I think I've rediscovered, or not rediscovered, I think I discovered that this might be my favorite movie, question mark, just because I enjoyed it so immensely watching it again. Um Anyway, and so I like looked up all this trivia and they shot six endings for each of the characters, but they decided to cut them down because it was going to be, it was going to make the movie, they said like over two and a half hours long. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, okay. And it's also, well, what I also thought was funny is that it's such a short movie and yet there are like painfully long scenes, like when they're 
cutting and picking the matches to like yeah and you gotta watch him do that for like five minutes yeah it's such a short movie and there are those painfully long scenes but i get it's the it's like the style of the movie i mean for sure it does it does have a lot of the like old like murder mystery movies about it uh and and that therefore it 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 plays a lot like a a much older movie even though it is from the 80s and that was wild to me. Is this this stars? Uh, well, not, I guess stars. He's a he's a lead. It stars. Uh, what is his name? Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, I I had to remember which Doc. Christopher I was talking about. Yeah, in the same year that Back to the Future came out. I know that was wild to me because I was like, this this movie came out in 1985, but. Like, I understand they had to have used wigs and makeup, I guess, when he's in Back to the Future. But, like, even still, he looks... It looks like Back to the Future aged him, like, just as a person so much more. Like, he looks so young. Like, just his skin and his face in, in Clue. Well, have you... Because that's the thing is, like, he looks approximately... Maybe maybe five or six years ago, he looked pretty much exactly like Doc Brown did yeah. in the movie in real life. So it's like, this is definitely... You're getting the unadulterated Christopher Lloyd at this point, but it was just... It took me a minute to even recognize him because I was like, is that... That can't be... It is. It is. And it's it is also... Christopher Lloyd. Uh, Colonel Mustard, I will always forever associate that actor with being the principal on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I have never watched that show in my life. Oh, I watched it so... Oh, and also... (laughs) It was like right after I made that mental connection in my head that they used a, a thunder sound effect which is the exact same sound effect that they use for something in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I don't know how I remember that, but I was like, that's the exact I same mean, sound fair. effect. Okay, I can get with that. Um, yeah, no, I did I did very much like this movie. I'd forgotten how funny it was. Yeah. But it, it struggles a couple times with the comedic timing in the movie. I will give it that. Like, they did the, uh, they did the dog poop on the shoe joke approximately yeah. one or two too many times. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, I'm trying to go over my head, because it's it's the rule of three, and I think they did it four times or something. They, uh, yeah, it was it was four or five, it, to, to the point where the last time they did it, it was like, okay, guys. Yeah. Are you going to, because at first I was like, are they going to do this all six of them? I'm going <laughs> to die watching this. Yeah. Like, I'm actually, my soul's actually just going to leave my body, because I, I watch this on an airplane. Which is and, funny you say that, because this movie is very much like Airplane. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's almost got the same beginning. I know, yeah. It might have even been the same music. Oh, it's so... I think I saw that it was um, the same composer. I am DB that doesn't surprise me. coming in. It's not the same It's not the same uh, creative team behind it. Yeah, sure. I was really curious because it has a lot of that same... I mean, honestly, they just they just don't make them like, like this anymore because the, the, the dialogue and everything is so... Some oh, this is a master so, work of dialogue. Yeah, it's so quick-witted. There's so this many is, times where I had to like... I, I made myself go back, you know, 30 seconds so I could watch it again and fully appreciate like whatever the bit was that just happened. Oh, for sure. For sure. This is Amy Sherman Palladino level dialogue. Oh, I thought you were just about to tell me that Amy Sherman Palladino wrote this movie. (laughs) I would... (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god! I was like, that's not possible. For those of you who are, who don't know, Amy Sherman Palladino is the creator and writer of the TV show Gilmore Girls, yes. uh, which is known for uh, never having a single, even millisecond of silence. Well, and the converse of that for people who have never watched Gilmore Girls is Aaron Sorkin, who also is very um, quick dialogue. Yeah, no seconds of silence um, to the point where when Gilmore Girls came out, people were um, accusing or not accusing. There were theories that like Aaron Sorkin ghost wrote on Gilmore Girls because it's so For those similar. Of you who are, those of you who are unaware, um, Aaron Sorkin is the writer and creator of the TV show The West Wing yes. and approximately 497 failed television shows that are all great. Newsroom. The Newsroom. That's a good one. Sports Night. Uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. And he also wrote the movie uh, The Social Network. I forget about that one. We all forget about the social network, but love that movie. Absolutely love that movie. <laughs> will the, will come to bat for the social network. I don't know why, but the only thing I remember about the social network is that we watched a scene of it in one of my Sunday school classes in high school. Could not tell you why or how that is connected to church or the Bible or Jesus, but there you have it. I mean, have you not watched God Friended Me? <laughs> <laughs> That's what that's called, right? Um, I hope it's not unfriended three. me. Wait, are you telling me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What about season three? There's no way that show's been on long enough to, mar- to have a season three. Oh, I guess they're just asking if it's been renewed. Uh, oh. Season two of God Friended Me airs on September 29th. TBH, I did not think it would get picked back up for a second season. Oh, man. That's shocking. But it's got a seven out of ten. There's so many bad shows and so many good ones that, that get canceled. See, that was, that's a TV show, though. I don't want to spend too long on this, but that's a TV show that, like, the premise is so interesting that, like, it, it, it makes sense. I, I feel like it would be a good TV show, but the way it was advertised, I thought it was, like, a TLC reality show about people who believe that God was their Facebook friend. Now that I would watch. That's... That's what the freaking commercials looked like. Oh boy. Yeah, I can't say but I've that's... I've I've ever watched a single episode of God Friended Me. Oh, I don't watch CBS or NBC sitcoms. I was gonna at say all. Like, at, this, at this point I can't really watch live television anymore because I don't have network television anymore. I don't I don't miss it at all. But no, the dialogue in this movie is just absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Oh, especially great. Especially when you have an actor like Tim Curry doing most oh of it. Oh my, where is his Oscar for this movie? <laughs> Let alone just if you could give awards to actors for even just like singular scenes, just the end of it where he's reenacting the entire night alone deserves recognition. I believe that. He's so good. And the other the other thing is that you can tell how much fun, and the other cast too, I think, you can tell just how much fun all of the actors are having playing these parts and doing it. And like just putting every ounce of like comedic chops or I don't know, dramatic, like over dramatic pauses or whatever into it. And just, oh, especially like, like, um, Mrs. Peacock in the, at the dinner scene when she just like has a little psychotic breakdown and that just kind of opens the night. Oh, it's ironic, too, because she's like, this is an icebreaker. Let's break the ice. And it kind of breaks the ice for the movie, too, because you're like, oh, 
she's going to be insane the entire night. Okay, I can get behind this. I can definitely get behind that. I tried to figure out if Tim Curry had ever won an Oscar, and the only thing I found by Googling that was that Tim Curry was in a 1991 movie called Oscar, which got a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. So close. I mean, I get why he's never won an Oscar. um, Has he not? Wait, isn't that what you were saying? I don't know. I'm just telling you that I that was all I found by Googling Tim Curry Oscar. Well, I'm assuming if he... Because he was in a, he was he in a movie had, called Oscar. I'm assuming if he had won an Oscar, it would have come up. Let's see. I don't even want to... I don't want to watch that. Tim Curry Awards. Yeah, no. Screw this. Never My won an Oscar. too slow. I mean, I get it. Because he's usually... I mean, except for... Um, I mean, this movie and... Um, shoot, what's the other one? Rocky Horror. And a lot of the movies I know him from are like very particular like character parts. Yeah, yeah. I can get behind that. He's been nominated for a couple Tonys. Oh, yeah. Because he was in... He's in what I think is one of the most underappreciated musicals of all time, Spam-A-Lot, which is the musical version of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's fantastic. Yes, he was nominated for a Tony for Spam a Lot, but mm-hmm. did not win. Yeah, unsurprising. He did win a What's On Stage.com award for Best Actor in a Musical for Spam a Lot. Good. He was King Arthur, by the way, which I think is like, how did they go about getting Tim Curry for Spam a Lot? Uh, they probably said, Hey, Tim Curry, do you want to be in Spam a Lot? Here's some money. <laughs> And he was like, yes, I'm not busy. This sounds fun. I've only got 13 more uh, Series of Unfortunate Events books to narrate. What? He doesn't narrate any of them. What are you talking about? Tim Curry does not narrate any Series of Unfortunate Events books or movies or TV series. He narrates the audiobooks for 11 of 13 of the Series of Unfortunate Events books. He was actually nominated for a Grammy Award for The Bad Beginning. Are you kidding? So you can kindly f*** off and die. <laughs> Have you never listened to Series of Unfortunate Events books narrated by Tim Curry? It's no, the best thing ever. because I read the books when I was, I don't know, nine? <laughs> and still- yeah, and now you gotta go back and listen to them be read to you by Tim Curry. Do you know what other books I'm currently reading at the moment that I don't have time to also it's be listening to? It's the Series of Unfortunate Events books. books. They take like 37 seconds. Look, They're like 12 pages long. Th- but there's 13 of them. <laughs> There are 13 of them. Listen to one per month for slightly more than a year. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I can't commit to that. Also, I- 11 out of 13 are narrated by Tim Curry and they're awesome. And he almost won a Grammy award for best spoken word album for children. Spoken word album. (laughs) Best spoken word. I have never felt more like I can win a Grammy in my entire life. If best spoken Spoken word word album album for children. Yeah, you can do it. (sighs) 2020 goals. Hindsight is 2020. How many graduate, how many like high school and college graduation classes next year do you think their slogan is going to be hindsight is 2020? <laughs> Fun fact, the person, the first person to ever win the Grammy Award for Best Spoken Word Album for Children is uh, Audrey Hepburn. Good for her. <laughs> in 1994 for Audrey Hepburn's Enchanted Tales. <laughs> Uh, man, no, look, I, I also want to keep a series of unfortunate events in this, I don't know, like protective bubble because they were my favorite books ever as a child, which honestly, I think explains a lot about who I am as a person today that I, as in my formative years, I was reading a series of unfortunate events and everyone else was screaming at me to read Harry Potter. And I was like, (laughs) I was the dumbest elementary schooler ever and I was like no I don't like Harry Potter because everyone else likes it I was like that annoying quote-unquote hipster kid before 
I don't know, you lived across the hall from him in your dorm room at college. Like, I was that kid. I was that annoying. And then I read Harry Potter later on. It was like, you know what? These books are pretty good. They, they are good. <laughs> the Series of Unfortunate Events books are less good, but they are much more narrated Watch by it. Tim Curry. Watch it. They're great. Yes, they're great. I like them. They're not as good as Harry Potter. I don't know. Hmm. They're on two I mean, different levels. I mean, I... They, yes! They, one of them is the best-selling <laughs> and possibly best book series of all time. The other one is, is a Harry bunch Potter. of books about some kids that are sad. <laughs> what, you don't like they're reading? They're good, but you they're don't... about... I mean, they're literally just about sad kids. They're, they're about sad kids who everything bad in the world happens to them because of a guy that, for some reason, the police can't capture. Neil Patrick Harris was awesome in this in the Netflix series, just saying. The show went downhill real quick. Excuse me? I could not finish season two, straight up. What? I got I got super bored. Ha, what? Oh, well, you know what? Wait, no, because The Miserable Mill was in season one. What is season two? Oh, The Austere Academy, The Eretz Elevator. I don't even remember. Man, give it another try. I feel I like- I probably will. I feel like I our will. entire friendship is based on me telling you that you should enjoy things more that are actually very enjoyable, such as the Netflix A Series of Unfortunate Events TV show, Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'll give Breath of the Wild another chance when I have time to play video <laughs> games again, which has been a minute. I'm busy. Same, I'm though, busy a same, lot. Same, same. Um, anyway, so let's let's talk about let's talk about Clue. Let's talk about Clue. I don't even know um, how to start. Like First, do you have a favorite line or bit from the movie? Oh God, I probably here's the here's the problem with this is like this movie has so many words in it that I have trouble remembering what any of them are. I know. Oh, it's so good. And I'm I'm looking at the like IMDb quotes page, and this is oh, the yeah. longest quotes page I've yeah. ever seen. Well, because a lot of the bits and the jokes and the dialogue are like wordplay, and like there's this whole bit of um. Am I? Let me see. I wrote it down. Where is it? <laughs> I just every now and then I wrote down just like one liner. So first of all, every every once in a while I would just like let out a just totally what what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like I would just go ah! like that every now and then on one liner. Um, why is the car? I did not stopped? do that because I was on an airplane. Well, that yeah, that that makes sense. I was sitting alone in my living room, which doesn't, I swear, isn't as sad as that sounds. <laughs> but there's why is the car stopped? It's frightened. I'm the butler. Oh yeah, I'm the butler. Just immediately. What do you do? I buttle. I buttle. <laughs> I'm the butler. Yeah. What do you do? I buttle. Oh, and then there's what? Oh, there's. Like another wordplay is one, one where Miss White goes, he threatened to kill me in public. And someone says, why would he want to kill you in public? And he goes, no, I think he threatened in public to kill her. And all of this stuff is like, as I'm saying it now, it doesn't sound funny. But when it happens so quickly and they just move on. Oh, that's like another thing I appreciate about this movie is that it is very funny, but it's not like. We're going to be in your face about how funny this is. Like, you either catch the joke or you don't. And if you don't catch it, then it's already moved on and it's gone. For sure. Um, it, it definitely seems like they took a lot of cues from the Airplane movies when they wrote this. Did Airplane come out before or after this? Uh, before, I'm pretty sure. Airplane. You're probably going to get it faster because your internet's better. Yep. 1980. So yeah, a few years before this. But like that, that line of the like, I'm pretty sure he... 
said, what was it that, that he wants to kill you? Pretty sure he said in public that he wants to kill you. Yeah, he, yeah. I that's, think, yeah. That's an airplane line right there. Yeah. And the whole, there's a lot of like double negative talk, which I tried to keep up with and I rewound a billion times um, to just try and like keep up a with hospital? it. What is it? It's a big building with doctors, but that's not important <laughs> right now. It's uh, a good movie. Oh, and then Miss White also has some great. Ju- I was just thinking of the little, <laughs> the little girl on airplane who's like, "No, I take my coffee like I take my men," and then the boy is sitting next to her, or maybe that was some other characters. I don't know, but it also just reminded me of like Miss White also has some classic like one-liners about men um, as well. There's husbands should be like Kleenex, soft strong and disposable yeah yeah she's got some she's got some uh some definitely she's she's got some takes on on her husband's yeah which i think Uh, i might have missed it or i don't know if it was cut or something but all the time when i search for clue gifts this one gif of miss white saying um it was a matter of life and death after he was dead i had a life and i don't know if i missed that or not or if they cut it but i didn't i don't know i didn't catch it in the movie but like that's a great i don't just lots of great one-liners in this thing your first cousin also disappeared well he was an illusionist (laughs) but he never reappeared he wasn't a very good illusionist (laughs) yeah i never said he was a good illusionist Yeah. And then um, she the totally whole, killed him. The whole bit about um who is it? Doc Brown. How many husbands have you had? Mine or other women's? <laughs> <laughs> uh and then there's the bit about um um I don't remember. I guess Professor Plum, I think it was him working for the UN and being a psychologist. He's like, "So you used to work you used to work for psychotics and lunatics, right?" "Yes, and now I work for the UN. So your work has not changed." Yeah. Great. And then hot take. Also, I just flaming hot take. <laughs> flames, flames on the side flames of my face. Flames on the side of my face. <laughs> so, fun fact: that was ad libbed, and you can see in the background what's his face, Colonel Mustard, like trying not to break character, and you can see his like yeah. complete. You can see like both the confusion flash over his face, like what is she saying, and then also him trying not to laugh. And then they cut between all the different people, I think, because she was just having them. I guess she just like made them all laugh. Man, what I wouldn't give to see like the bloopers for this movie. Oh, yeah. I I, I wish this had come out in the age of like, you know, DVD extras. Yeah. Where that was a thing. I think I saw there was some documentary that someone is doing about Clue. Because I was looking up on YouTube because um, there's this one clip I wanted to play over and over again because it's my <laughs> it's when Tim Curry is reenacting the night. And he goes, and it gave the murderer just enough time to grab the dagger, run down the hall. And I don't know why, but that one clip is the clip that my friends in high school and I, we would rewind it and watch it over and over again. Anyway, and so I was on YouTube trying to find this. And there's a documentary or something about this movie, I guess, for the, well, it wouldn't be the 30th anniversary because... That already happened, I guess. I don't know, the 35th anniversary? Maybe it was supposed to happen for the 30th and it didn't. I don't know. Clue. And it's about the movie and not the board game? Documentary. Yes, it's about the movie. Oh, that's... (laughs) It did... That's something that, like, never occurred to me, really, that, like, this is based on a board game that is probably advertised as, like, it's a fun game for, like, family board game night and, like, 
you know, family-friendly game and, all, you know, kids can play it and everything. And this is like a dirty movie based on this board game that probably families play together. Right, but this is like a good, wholesome family movie for back in 1985. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if this is exactly wholesome. I mean, this, it's, it's almost entirely uh, non-profane. That did, yeah surprised me when I like thought back about it I was like there are no swears in this entire movie like they're all there's one there's one what is it (laughs) when Wadsworth is like frankly Scarlet I I don't don't give give a damn damn. oh I don't consider damn to be a swear word (laughs) well uh you know parents might uh I guess yeah back again so we we make a clean show and I get this all the time especially from people (laughs) the British (laughs) who are like oh what do you mean damn's not a swear word over here yeah well they also say another other word quite quite frequently and I'm like, yeah i get it i get it british people it might be different over there but like we have a zero tolerance policy in my discord because we're trying to keep things family friendly <laughs> and you might say that to your kids but i don't have kids so i don't know what i would say to them i guess but i get it. it's different in different countries i understand i'm here for it but 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 still counts <laughs> Also, a great callback to 1939's Gone with the Wind. Yes, it was very good. What was I looking up? I was looking something up. Yeah, that was like I a... Have, I have Google okay. open. Google um, the Clue documentary, because that's what I Google search, and it, it, it's called Who no. Done It? The Clue documentary, and they interviewed the cast and, oh. and everything. But So I want to talk briefly while Ethan's looking up whatever he's looking up about how I... Every now and then forget and then remember that when I was in English in the 11th grade, we had to do this project where you made a board game as a form of review for the final exam. And my group got the crucible and I came up with the clucible and we created (laughs) a a crucible themed version of clue. And the way you would like accuse the murderer is you would say like, I saw Goody Proctor with the devil in the church with the ladle or whatever. (laughs) And oh my God. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. I also Do you still have that game? No. I also um didn't at all have to review for the Crucible because earlier that year I was also in our school's production of the Crucible, which is the worst play ever to be written. Sorry, Arthur Miller. He's dead, but it's not a good show. It's also about communism, which is a red herring. <laughs> that was totally unintentional. <laughs> yeah, this this movie had a lot to say about about communism, communism. in the year of our lord 1985 <laughs> well it said 1954 so yeah but it's definitely making some commentary on like just like like the 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 wall was just about to come down in 1985 like when they made this movie it, it you know oh, it was a few more years after that but the wall was just about to come down i think we'd had enough of the whole communism scare at this point so it was obviously set during mccarthyism you know they talked about the 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 house on american activities committee got some real uh like like you know ap history id terms in there um <laughs> i was gonna say that i remember a, a, nothing about history i mean i remember who mccarthy I remember McCarthy and the Red Scare just because we learned about it so much in so many different classes and how everybody was terrified of communists in the in the 50s. Um, well, it's funny because I remember nothing about learning. I don't remember. I'm sure we learned about that in my history class. But the only thing that I remember about learning 
about McCarthyism and everything is when we read The Crucible, because that was what it was like technically about. Is because it was written during that time and it was about it wasn't about like hunting witches. It was actually about hunting commies. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't remember a whole lot about the crucible. It's okay. To you tell you the truth. To. Yeah, I don't I don't really want to. Um he did also write the movie though. What? Oh, Arthur Miller. Uh, Arthur Miller, yeah. Oh yeah, isn't Winona Ryder looking... in that movie? What'd you say? Isn't Winona Ryder in the movie? Yeah, Winona Ryder, um, and and that guy that everybody always talks about being the most amazing actor of all time. D- Daniel Day Lewis, that guy. Oh. He plays John Proctor. Yeah, I could have figured. I haven't seen. Um, I feel like we probably watched the movie in my English class. But again, since I was in the play, I was like, I don't need to do this now. Oh, we absolutely watched The Crucible in our uh, English class. And I cannot tell you how 1996 it looks. Oh, it's so, so 1996. I also remember watching, we watched the old Great Gatsby movie, and there's this one scene in the book where they talk about how hot it is, but they upped it to like five billion degrees in the movie, and there's just this one scene where everyone is like drenched in sweat, and that's all I remember. The, uh, the, the Robert Redford one? Sure. <laughs> is he in that? I don't know. Yeah, he was he was uh, Gatsby. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Yeah, no, that's one of the most boring movies I've ever seen in my whole life. Did you see the Leonardo DiCaprio one? I love the DiCaprio one. I haven't wholeheartedly. I st- love that. That's movie. one of those ones that I still haven't seen, but I'm like, I want to see it someday. <laughs> like, I, I absolutely love that movie. So yeah, because the other I heard mixed I don't know reviews or feelings about the remake of Great Gatsby. But if you like it, I guess. But that also means nothing because you don't like Spider Verse. I what are you talking about? <laughs> Have you even listened to our episode? Yeah, you like. How do you it get okay. that I don't like Spider Verse? You liked it okay. I didn't think it was the most amazing movie ever made, and I'm not going to continue to apologize for that. <laughs> anyway, you want to know what I think the most amazing movie ever made is? Clue! Because No, I don't think you think that. I don't. I, it might be your favorite movie. I don't think you think, think this is the greatest my, movie ever made. I think it's currently my favorite movie just because I was so delighted when I watched it again because I forgot how much I enjoyed it. And I was like, this is a very enjoyable movie. Cause I, it really is. Um, so I hadn't seen it. I wasn't introduced to this movie until I think my senior year in high school. And after that, my friends and I, when we watched it, I think it was, there was like one friend who was like, how have you not seen this movie? I watch it like once every weekend, basically. And so we watched it. And after that, we would just quote it nonstop. Um, in particular, we would quote, um, the run down the hall. And then we would also say, our lives are in danger, you beatnik. Which the I, guy that ends up being like the FBI, the FBI police <laughs> chief. Yeah. But, um, and I like there's just so much I forgot that ha- like I forgot about the singing telegram. <laughs> oh yeah, same. That was a, that was a shocking moment. Man, like it's just so good. I appreciate it. So, first, in particular, I want to call out the perfect composition of the I'm not shouting bit and the candlestick falling on his head because it is so perfectly timed and the foley sound effects of like the candlestick falling on his head and then clattering to the floor at the same time as hearing Wadsworth's body hit the floor is so perfectly composed 
And I just really appreciate it when movie directors or, I don't know, writers or whatever have the eye for comedic bits like that because it could have very easily not been that funny, but I died laughing. Right. Absolutely phenomenal. Like... And I, I didn't quite get a lot of that because, again, I was, like, watching on, on an plane, airplane. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. And I had this, the uh, subtitles on, and the subtitles aren't timed that well. Yeah. And so, like, it cut off, it, it cut him off in the middle of saying um, the whole, like, I'm not shouting woke. I'm not maybe shouting. I am, or whatever. All right, I am. And, I'm shouting. Right, I am. I'm shouting. Yeah, it cut him off right in the middle of that to go, open bracket, thud, close bracket. And I was like, well, now I know there's going to be a thud. <laughs> I didn't want to know there was going to be a thud until after the thud happened. Yeah, I will say that is the shame about closed captioning is that it gives away stuff before it happens. So I watch Handmaid's Tale with captions on because there's a lot of like mumbling or quiet whispering or stuff that like they'll say that if you miss it or you're not paying attention, you have to rewind because you're like, great, now I don't know what they're talking about. And it totally... We'll just give away whatever, like, big dramatic plot point is about to be revealed. I do not tell me a thing about Handmaid's Tale. I don't want to know. I don't want to know, okay? I I don't want to know. I'm halfway done with the book. Shut up. Oh, well, the book is apparently only, like, the plot of season one. I'm sure. And then season two and three diverges from there. Well, there's about to be a sequel next month. Hey, hey, listen, listen. Hey, hey, listen. What? I don't want to know anything, okay? I want to know nothing. I want to know nothing, okay? Alexis Bledel is in the series. <laughs> I didn't want to know that. <laughs> that would surprise me. I was like, Rory Gilmore, what are you doing here? I'm halfway through the book. It's very, very good. It's a very good book. It's an exceptionally, I don't know, I because apparently I've heard some people have told me that I'm going to hate the ending and the ending of the book is bad. Um, I have no idea. Uh, well, but I think she currently just it's a very released good book. a new book or is releasing, releasing a new New book. It comes out next month. I just said that. Oh, I missed that. God, <laughs> I, was busy, I was busy googling Margaret Atwood to see what the yeah, name. Yeah, she's of got the a sequel coming is. out next month. Man, she's old. Let's hope she doesn't die anytime soon. Because otherwise, yeah, she's written a lot of books. Yeah, short stories. Um, My life as a bat. Interesting. Oh boy. Honestly, mood. She's written some interesting stuff, people. So I don't know if any any other part of it is good but uh the the first half of handmaid's tale is really good oh. it's exceptionally well written dystopian fiction that takes place from the point of view of somebody who was not born into this into the dystopia but instead had to watch it crumble around her from the beginning yep which is such a wild take because every other like big didactic piece of dystopian fiction occurs like with somebody yeah. usually a man let's be straight here usually a man is like born into it like and even like Katniss Everdeen was born into the system and she had no Yeah, it was 75 for, years ago. Right, it was, 70, it was 74 years ago. That's time for enough for her mother and her mother's mother to have been born into the system. It's also terrifying because the the way... Yeah, it's starting to feel a little bit predictive, but we're not going to get into that here because that's not a thing we talked about a big Yeah, of course. It's just, it's like extremely terrifying. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. <laughs> Hulu could not have picked a better time to oh, make a TV show about 100%. it. 100%. And that's also what's terrifying, man. I wonder like, I wonder the when the they book, got the idea that they're like this is it. 
This is our time. Let's go. So they re-released the book in 2017 with an a like an introduction written by Margaret Atwood. Mm-hmm. So it's written in 1980. It was actually released in 1986, I think. It's written in the early 80s. Um, but that yeah, it's it's got an updated introduction by Margaret Atwood, and she answers a couple questions that people have had about the series, like stuff that doesn't necessarily review plot points or whatever. But uh, one of those questions is, she goes, "I'm often asked, is The Handmaid's Tale a prediction?" And I was like, "Oof, oof, <laughs> what am I about to read?" And then it started, and I was like, "Ah, this sounds alarmingly familiar." Yep, yep. Well, and there are just a lot of jokes about, like, all right, let's escape this current insane world where we're hearing all these stories from women and and escape that world for a bit to go into this other world where, oh, look at that, women are being oppressed. What a fun TV series for escapism. <laughs> Nervous. Right, laugh. and then you got people like Kim Kardashian throwing Handmaid's Tale oh, parties where they all so dress as handmaids. Freaky. Oh my god. It's gosh. almost like you don't even get it. That was oh, I saw those videos of her like going through it and she has like two friends already waiting inside or whatever as she's doing like a tour and they're already wearing the cloaks and she's like, Blessed be the fruit ladies and I'm like, No, don't it's almost like you just don't get it at all. Oh, what's also funny is that I think it was last Halloween or maybe the Halloween before, there were um, sexy Handmaid's Tale costumes that like Spirit Halloween stores were selling. And well, Spirit Halloween, <laughs> Spirit Halloween will make a sexy anything costume. Yeah, but it was just like they will- extra funny because it's like that is the literal opposite of point of Spirit what a handmaid is. Yeah, Spirit Halloween knows no laws. They will pop up in the, like, broken, abandoned husk of a Ross dress for less, and they will show up out of nowhere, slinging their inappropriate, it's like, let's be sexy nurses and sexy doctors and sexy lawyers and sexy receptionists and sexy school teachers and sexy handmaids. What? Hold on. What was that last one? They're like, yeah, just focus on the firefighter thing. Don't worry about it. I just love the ridiculous costumes that they come up with um, to, for, like, couples costumes. Like, there's one that's, like, a plug and an outlet, which is older listeners understand. Younger listeners, ask your mom and dad about that. Or maybe don't. But... <laughs> <laughs> it please do not. <laughs> mom and dad, what's this I hear about a couple's costume being a plug and an outlet? Uh, hey, look like at they this don't, sexy Handmaid's Tale costume. It's Spirit Halloween. Like, they don't have the rights to anything. They have to come oh, up with, like, generic costumes. Oh, that's the other thing costumes. is that they come up with, like, ridiculous names where it's like, okay, this is obviously a Mario costume, but it'll be, like, Red Italian plumber. Yeah, Italian plumber, red overall man with mustache and hat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Spirit Halloween. Uh we we're on to you. Let's just say that, Spirit Halloween. <laughs> the jig is up. Oh man. I love it. I love I haven't seen a Spirit Halloween store pop up yet, but I was just at AC Moore yesterday, and all the Halloween stuff is here. Oh, it done right. been out, girl. It's officially Halloween. I went to, I went to it's Halloween I town. Went to Al- I went to AC Moore to get, because that's where I go to get frames, because um, they have the cheapest they're frames. So, that's literally yes, all I ever so buy there. cheap. Also, sign that's all I ever up, buy there is frames. Sign, download their app, because they always have a 50% off coupon for each week. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No. Well, well ahead of that one buying frames over here um but i was in there to buy some frames in mid-july and they had all the freaking halloween stuff out and i was like can you can i live 
Can we just have summer for like a little bit? So here's the thing. Just like a little bit. I am normally 100% in that camp of like, it's September. Can we wait until maybe November to bring out the Christmas stuff? Or, oh, like I was in a store getting stuff for 4th. I was in the grocery store getting stuff for 4th of July. And there was a back to school display set up. And I was... Uh, listeners, most people in um, where I live don't go back to school until after Labor Day. So setting up a back to school display in the beginning of July is ridiculously early. However, I Halloween is my favorite time of year. It's my favorite holiday. And so if that means that I walk into a store when it's 95 degrees out and I see ghosts and skeletons, I'm here for it. I had a pretty rough October last year, and I'm not particularly looking forward to this October. And the last thing I really want in October is spookiness. So uh, I'm not not particularly looking forward to Halloween this year. Understandable. Uh, If I'm just being straight up. Yeah, understandable. But... Um, I get that other people like the spookiness, but I, I, by the time that, that October 1st comes around, it's, I'm ready for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I was gonna, it's uh, just, I'm a, yeah, do you, I'm, I'm just one of those people that I'm like, I get tired of Christmas music within three days. So when oh, see, I, I don't. start hearing Christmas music in November, <laughs> I'm losing my mind within two weeks. So it's like, I, you know, we, I run the Bacon and Eggs Discord server. Obviously, you get joined for $3 a month. Uh, it's less than the price of one Lego coffee per year. Um, but I run the Bacon and Eggs Discord server, and we do, like, fun little nicknames uh, in in the Discord server. And last year, we had everybody have spooky nicknames for Halloween. It was like everybody had pumpkins and all kinds of stuff. And there's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of spooky emojis that you can use for your nicknames. Um, you mean spoopy? And, and, yeah, I mean spoopy. Whatever. Cool. You got it. <laughs> We're, we're following anyway and so like it's october 31st and then that comes and goes and it's like what do we do i gotta change all the spooky nicknames because spooky time's gone but i can't change them to like first of all we have plenty of international people that don't celebrate thanksgiving at all this is true uh, let alone on the correct date canadians <laughs> i got and it's really like, what, nervous what am i gonna do put a turkey was... emoji in every single person's name because there's like one there's like a turkey emoji and it's just with the animals it's not even like a thanksgiving emoji Thanksgiving is a dumb holiday anyway. It doesn't deserve an entire month. True. So I made everybody all Christmassy because I'm like, man, I'm, I'm kind of bummed. I could really use some joy. And it's like I, I made it Christmassy and, and, and Hanukkah-y and, and Kwanzaa-y and Festival-y or, and, and, and snowy and stuff because it's like 100 million snow emojis and Santa emojis and tree emojis and menorahs and tenenbaums and all kinds of stuff. And there was a bunch of people in Discord that were just like, <laughs> it's it's November 1st. How dare you do Christmas? Or you just do what I did last year with my Twitter name, which if anyone out there can help me come up with a better Halloween themed Twitter name than Scary Claywatt, um, with a bunch there of is not a better one. Emoji there is not emojis. a better one. <laughs> um, I remember tweet at last me, year but... before I even knew who you were. I saw that you changed your Twitter name to Scary Clay, and yeah. I was like, "Oh wow, that's really good." It's not, but um. Uh, I kept it. I made that my Twitter name, I think, until January. (laughs) Uh, Again, this all goes back to how I read a series of unfortunate events in my formative years. There was. Yeah, no, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to keep Scary Clay until or after April or October 31st this year. Nah, I will put the foot down. Nah, I'm one of those people. I will hack your Twitter uh, on October one. I'm like, happy first of Halloween. 
Um, and then I keep doing that until December one because I have a personal no, 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 no. rule that November first is the first day of Christmas. I cannot listen to Christmas music until December because I will lose. My- oh, Spotify was forking playing an ad for a Christmas music playlist two weeks ago. And I nearly threw my computer out the window or I could have just shut Spotify off, but then I would have to sit alone with my thoughts at work and that's just not fun. But you know what's truthfully horrifying right now though? What? The fact that it's so late in the year already that we're having to have this conversation. What is- Where did 2019 go? Uh- <laughs> Like, how in God's name is it already August 17th? Yeah, I'm... It's weird, because... Horrifying. The word you're looking for is horrifying. Well, the first half of 20... What year is this? 2019 was just completely taken up by my sister's wedding. Um, Because I still lived at home um, with my parents. So I was there like in the midst of all the planning and everything. And I was also a bridesmaid. And I'm also, you know, the sister of the bride. And so I was just completely, it was like taking over everything. And that was in May. And so after the wedding, I was like, oh my gosh, there's like an entire other part of the year that I can experience now. But at the same time, it was like half of the year is gone. How did this happen? Well, yeah, it's like in the last two months, I've spent like 30 days traveling. So, oh, have you um, been to California? I hadn't heard. Yeah, I went to California like two months ago. (sighs) So tired of that joke. Uh, were you, Over it. Were you on a Over it. Were you on a remote island that lost power? Because I, I hadn't heard. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, you were like, I was, this week I was like, man, I could really use a vacation. And you just replied with, it's hot. And I was like, yes, but it is also hot here. I don't think you, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I'm I'm from Virginia. I get the hot thing. I've been to Charlotte, North Carolina, the hottest place in the world. I get it. The it's a different level of hot down there. Was it like was like, it was it a was it a wet hot? It was like a it was like a seventy nine percent humidity. See, hot. that's what it's been like here in Richmond for like the last. That's not week. true. That's not true. No, I've been to Richmond. Richmond's never that bad. It Richmond's was never that. Were bad. you in Richmond this past week? Because it was that bad. It was like it wasn't you that could, bad. You walked outside and you could see the humidity like a haze in front of you and yes i know it wasn't fog i know the difference between that's not fog that's not and- humidity that's just the gross factory life of richmond it's the tobacco smoke <laughs> it's, just, tobacco it's just a fog st- from the philip morris plant because tobacco is still a major cash crop of um, jamestown folks for those of you who didn't grow up in virginia that's like one of the main things we learned as fourth graders is Tobacco is the cash crop of Virginia. Right. And like it still is. And that's how Jamestown made money. Um, You do know that like a lot of the world's cigarettes are made like 10 minutes south of where you live. Yes. Kids, don't smoke. Don't do it. It's not cool. Don't jewel either. Stop it. Don't just stop it. You look ridiculous. Do you want to know what you're doing? Our generation, my age group, single hand we were like single-handedly making there to be a huge like decrease a drop in teenage smoking statistics and y'all are ruining it you're ruining it because of vaping man i've never felt as old as i feel right now but it's true stop vaping stop jeweling stop smoking you're not cool and i'm saying this as someone who is desperately needing not desperately needing but i need to go use a puff of my inhaler because i'm an asthmatic and just just 
keep your lungs clean. So you're going to go hit your vape is what you're saying. Yes. No. Hit that fat asthma vape. Yeah, it's um You can go you can go do that if you need to. We can no, I'm good. Quick. Nah, okay. I actually already did it this morning and I'm supposed to wait a couple hours in between ooh, ooh. hits. Yeah, double dose in there. Yeah, it's lit. Um Getting maybe wild here fun. on a Saturday morning. That's why I woke up early this morning cuz I wasn't breathing properly. Kids don't smoke. It's fine. I I don't think that point quite came across how you wanted it to, Mary Clay. What? Because you were just like, I woke up because I wasn't breathing properly. Kids don't smoke. Yeah, and are you okay? What? I don't smoke. Is that what you're saying? What? That's what it. That's what it sounded like. Is that you oh, just said you have no. asthma because you used to smoke? No, I was born with asthma because my body is literally crippled from my toes to my jaw, including my lungs. I was that kid. At least you're not crippled above your jaw. Um, uh, yeah, hopefully, theoretically, the brain is still intact. But, um, I mean, you know, knock on wood. Let's hope it stays that way. Um, let's hope I don't lose my mind, um, which I will if I hear Christmas music before December. <laughs> and that's what you call a callback, people. I am a comedy writer. Speaking of comedy, do you like my segues? I do. You know what? Hold on. What? Speaking of segues. I was going to say, just, it looks like you're thinking hard about something. I was. Uh, well, actually, I was just reading a, a thing in Discord because I'm planning something right now. Um, but, 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 speaking of segues, I was just, as you heard, as you heard from Mary Claire earlier, I just spent a week in Key West, right? And <laughs> this is a place, this is a small, a small island uh, where they have pretty much every whacked out form of transportation you could possibly imagine. There's people like just like riding go-karts in the middle of the street and like there's no rules to who can rent a scooter and just ride it around not like a bird scooter but like a like a gas-powered vespa and just ride it around but you know what i didn't see a single one of a segway no segway tours of the island what a shame they had they had people doing bike tours where like a whole group of people got on bikes and rode around um, fun fact, I, as a small child, for multiple Christmases in a row, asked for a Segway scooter, thinking that I would get it, not understanding how unbelievably expensive they're, they yeah, are. they're thousands of dollars. <laughs> I was like an eight-year-old. It was probably from when I was like, I don't know, seven to age 11, probably, I asked for a Segway scooter, and instead, my family would just give me a different iteration of a scooter that wasn't a Segway. <laughs> so I got like a Razor scooter, and then one year I got, um, it was like a trike scooter, and it had, instead of it being a single, like platform that you stand on with a wheel in the front and a wheel in the back there's a wheel in the front and then these two separate platforms that you put your feet on with wheels in the with two wheels in the back like a tricycle which i never figured out how to use you're supposed to like alternate your weight back and forth from side to side and somehow like swivel yourself forward and i never got it and like i just got a lot of scooters that weren't segways and i <laughs> my brain was yeah. just didn't connect that they're extremely the current expensive. model the segway i2 se personal transporter is six thousand dollars oh that's gone up quite a bit because i remember at one point my dad was like come here come here let's look at the internet let's see what the internet has to say 
and it showed that a segue was like three thousand dollars so well i think they've probably come a little bit in in advancement of the Segway family of products although you can get all kinds of of wild things from Segway. meanwhile a hoverboard is a hundred holy cow those are a lot less expensive than i ever would have thought a hoverboard on amazon is 122 dollars i thought that would be way more expensive that's concerning because there's probably a lot of kids who get hoverboards for christmas who probably shouldn't which is crazy because like uh, a freaking one wheel is like seventeen hundred dollars oh what a one wheel what is this i've probably seen they're the um oh yeah yeah those well that just looks silly yeah, they're I mean, fun though. The, that being those things rip. That being said, a Segway and a hoverboard also look silly. Yeah, I mean, if you're riding around a Segway, you look dumb. Do you, were you there when hoverboards got banned at CNU? Uh, yeah. Because one. Well, I wasn't there, but my girlfriend was there, and she lived in one of the East Campus dorms, and there was like a big yeah. sign all over the place. One of them like caught on fire or something, charging or whatever, and then CNU banned them. Which is also ridiculous because at CNU, unless you lived off campus, you had no reason to have to like bike to class or use a skateboard or anything because you could get everywhere within 10 minutes. I used to, when I was a freshman and we, uh, we, longboarding was a big thing and I used to do that for a while, regretfully. (laughs) I always wanted to, I like desperately wanted to learn how to skateboard as a child. There are a lot of things I wanted to do as a child. But um, uh, first of all, I'm not athletically inclined. And second of all, um, my, I guess my, it was like a, probably a combination of like my parents being like, no, you are not getting a skateboard. And also my brother being like, no, I'm not having my dumb little sister follow me around the neighborhood on a skateboard. How much older than your brother is you? He, That was a weird, (laughs) that sentence didn't quite come out right. I completely understand what you were asking, but I don't think that was, I don't think that followed any form of English syntax. How much older than you is your brother? (laughs) still sounds ridiculous. Um, he's, uh, he's six years older than me. Gotcha. He's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He, um, he's old enough that as a child, he ran over my foot with a golf cart. And, Oof. um, he didn't, it, it was like one of those sibling, uh, constant battle relationships, basically. Right. A golf cart? Where did he get a golf cart? We were, <laughs> we, <coughs> No, I'm coughing. Um, we were visiting um, our grandma who lives in a condo at the beach, and she had a golf mm. cart to go like back and forth from her condo to the beach. Um, and he was old enough, I guess, that it was it was like fun. To, I mean, it's always fun to drive a golf cart, but um, he was old enough that I guess it was like a fun. Let's see. I was probably, I don't know, maybe seven. So he he was probably like 13, I guess, when this happened. So obviously not old enough to have a driver's license or anything, but old enough that my parents were like, yeah, sure, you're responsible enough for this. And then I he didn't, we like stopped at a parking lot or something and I hopped off the back 
or whatever. And I guess he didn't know or just didn't care. And he started moving forward and he ran over my foot. Oof. And it was a barefoot foot, too, because I didn't have shoes on. I can confirm, though, it never stops being fun to ride a golf cart or to drive a golf cart. Oh, they're so fun. Yeah, absolutely. I I like play golf. Well, not that often, but from time to time. And, uh, I, you know, it it still never stops being fun. So I feel that. I feel that. Okay, let's get back to Clue. Yeah, (laughs) Clue. So... Why, why do you love this movie so much? Tell me about it. So you you requested that we do this movie. Yeah. And by request, I mean you sort of like joked and were just like, we could do Clue. And I was like, you know well, what? That sounds like a great idea. So first of all, Tyler texted me on Tuesday asking if I could record that night and said, what movies have you seen recently? Which I'm, I was like, I'm totally willing to jump in and record and that'll be awesome. However, I'm the worst person to ask because I generally don't watch a lot of movies. They're just like too long for me. I don't know why. My brain just, I much prefer TV shows as opposed to, um, I mean, then again, all that being said, I say that movies are too long for me and yet I will easily watch like you know, several episodes of Parks and Rec just back to back to back for like three hours, which is longer than right. a movie. But anyway, I was like, well, the only movies I've seen recently is Home Alone 2, because it was randomly on TV when I was babysitting the other night. And I know you all have feelings about Home Alone for some reason, but we won't get into that. <laughs> right. Um. And yeah, I jokingly was like, yeah, Clue. Just, I don't know. I think because every now and then I'll remember a movie that I haven't seen in a while, but I remember enjoying immensely. And that's what it was like for this movie. I probably have only watched it like front, like start to finish, probably like two or three times. And all the other times I've seen it have either been like, it's randomly on TV and I come across it halfway through, or I just like look up clips on YouTube just because I remember it. I'm like, you know what? I could use a good chuckle. Um, But yeah, I didn't think you would be like, yeah, let's do Clue. So here we are. (laughs) I love this movie. I absolutely love this movie. I love this movie. I love uh, just this whole genre in general. I did just watch Netflix, the Netflix original movie, Murder Mystery. Uh, um, What are your thoughts? It was absolute garbage. Okay, thank you. Because I've heard from multiple, I haven't watched it, but I've heard from multiple people they're like, yeah, it's like Clue, but with Jennifer Aniston, and is she the one in it? Yeah. And who, I don't know, but, and I'm like, there's Adam no way Sandler it can be like is the Clue. guy you're looking for. Yeah. Um, they're like, yeah, it's like Clue, a modern adaptation of Clue. And I'm like, uh, yeah, right. Mm, we'll see. Just because, I mean, it's like I said, I feel like they don't make these like they used to. It's like very underrated, dry humor that... If you're not paying attention, you miss it. And that's, you know, sucks to suck. Whereas like modern comedy movies will drag out like jokes forever. And basically like. Yeah, they don't make a ton of good comedies anymore. Like just straight comedies. Yeah. And the other thing, like comedies nowadays treat the viewers like they're dumb. Mm -hmm. I love a good, smart comedy. Well, I love a comedy where it's like, if you don't get the joke, move on. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're not going to beat you over the head with it. And Clue had a few moments where they beat you over the head with the joke. For the most part, it's like, if you didn't hear it, you didn't catch it, just, sorry, gone. Yeah, yeah. Or you did like I did, and you would rewind it 5,000 times just to try and make it make sense in your head. Like the one one plus two plus two plus one thing I've tried to work oh, yes. that math out. Well, of course, my- then it wouldn't be, it would be one plus two plus one plus one, not one plus one plus two plus one. 
<laughs> no, it's not. Then it would be, t- it would be, no, but that's where you're wrong because it's two plus one plus two. But even so, then it would be one plus two. Shut up! Like, I- as I told you, there was no other <laughs> shot in that gun. <laughs> um, I-, I tried so hard to like work that math out in my head and follow along. And as I was, so I know that that, I knew that that bit was coming up at the end. And so as the movie was going along, I was trying to keep track of, okay, when was the gun fired? Um, Five times. Yeah. So there was, yes, there was one left. Yes. <laughs> but. Um, it was one plus one plus two plus one. One plus one plus two. See, now I'm doing it and I'm not even meaning to do it, but. Um, so there was the shot that went off to uh, Gray's body's ear. Yeah. And then there was the the shot into the chandelier, and there was mm-hmm. two shots in the door, and then one into the- uh, Oh, was it two into the door? The singing telegram. It's two into the door, yeah. I am your singing telegram. And then just- Done. Door close. That's so good. I also just- I love how throughout the night, they just get more and more like, yeah, this is fine. Like- when um just checking yeah. everything's fine two, two corpses two corpses it's all good <laughs> and then when they like the discover amount of corpses they discover yvette um uh is dead and they just kind of like really dejectedly like turn around and then they um like just keep discovering the, the cop they keep discovering the bodies <laughs> and then uh wadsworth or something goes someone's like oh so that's three more murders and someone goes, six all together. And then Wadsworth goes, this is getting serious. <laughs> like it wasn't already serious with the first dead body. <laughs> oh, God. I just opened my phone to check a freaking notification. The first thing I opened to is a Facebook ad for One Wheels. They're yep. always listening. They're listening. They're listening. <sighs> what is... It is always, I think every single time I've recorded anything, like any episode, almost without fail, I'll check my, I don't know, I'll get on Instagram afterwards and and there's an ad for whatever I talked about, um, which is deeply terrifying. It's like, um, <laughs> um, there's, I don't know, some tweet or whatever, and it's like, you know what's fun? When you get an ad for something that you just thought about for half a second, in the middle of your day and you didn't even voice that thought aloud to anyone and you didn't Google search it and you didn't go buy it on, you didn't go buy it in a store. Isn't that fun? How they know our thoughts now. I don't know if it's fun. It, it does definitely help. Does it? Is the thing. Like it, it's, I don't know if I call it fun, but it definitely helps. Like, cause I get ads all the time where like, um, cause I'm, 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 a, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a sucker necessarily, but like, I like to buy like decent, I would prefer to buy something decent quality from like an internet startup than like to try to get the cheapest thing possible. And I would also rather do that than support like huge ginormous businesses. Cause I was like, if I can get something cool from like a cool company with cool people behind it, like I'm happy about that. And so the, the, the ad targeting helps me find those things a lot. Like recently I was like looking for a duffel bag because I don't apparently own one that doesn't have a gigantic hole in it. And I forgot about that. And I was leaving for a trip and I was like, man, I could really use a duffel bag. Duct tape, my and, friend. Uh, duct tape was not fixing this hole, sweetheart. <laughs> not a chance. I need see. That's the thing is I needed it to be like robust so I could throw it in the back of a van and not have it explode. So I ended up having to take my actual like hard side suitcase, which is not the ideal scenario for yeah. for like a tour. Um, oh, you went on tour? I hadn't heard. Sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> Why is everyone like this? Let me live. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm doing fun things. I know. No, you really are. And I'm so as someone who 
like can't afford to go anywhere, I'm just immensely jealous. And I'm like, you know what was the you, you know what was the so best cool thing? Things. You know what was the best thing about going on tour? I got to travel and I got paid to do it. Well, that's fun for you. Yeah, it's called a marketable skill. I have none of those. Continue with your ad. <laughs> it's not an ad. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Okay, so I have not received the product yet. If I did buy oh, one, so you haven't I even definitely got, oh. bought one. <laughs> I definitely bought one. I have not received the product yet. Therefore, I cannot give it an advertisement. You'll probably see uh, not an advertisement, but a review in the vlog coming up. But anyway, it was like, man, I could use like a cool efficient, lightweight duffel bag that's not going to explode on me. And Facebook is like, hey, have you tried this company? And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> See, all- You know what, Facebook? You know what, Facebook? Well, well played. All ads do is make me feel bad about the things that I've looked up, but that I can't afford. So like- So here's the thing though. I If I click on the ad and I like the thing- um, I can't believe you click on ads. It's like against my- I don't know. Actually, TBH, I don't click on Facebook ads. I click on Instagram ads. I trust Instagram, which I know that they're the same company, but like if it's a thing that I can see uh, that like it, it's right in front of me, then I'm like, ooh, I like this thing. I'll click on the ad and then just like look at the actual product. Then if I decide I'm going to buy it, I will close the app and then go to the actual website because I'm not giving instagram that money i um i'm kind of in the mindset of i don't know like when this huge when the like huge scandal came out that like oh facebook is secretly tracking all of your information and and giving it out to advertisers and companies and i'm like yeah and the like this is supposed to be new information or like i'm i'm just in the mindset of like yeah the internet has all of our information now and what do you want to do about yeah, this? Yeah, it's like, did we not know this? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> although one of the funniest things that came out of that whole scandal was Mark's, was the, was, uh, it was, I guess it was Senate or someone, I don't know, politicians were asking like Mark Zuckerberg about like Google or whatever. And right. someone was like, so let's say I Google search something. Who like how does the person who shows me the search results decide what is gonna what they're gonna show me? And he was like, um, it's not actually a person sitting on the other side of Google showing you search results. It's a machine run by algorithms. <laughs> and just, Right, that's the terrifying thing. Yeah, that like our politicians don't know how technology works. Hmm. I feel like I always go down that route. <laughs> you? Politics? <laughs> never. Never. No, not that route. I'm saying, um, I don't know, just dark humor. Maybe that's why I like this movie, because it's also a lot of dark humor. I mean, it's based on murder, so. That's true. It's based on a board game. Let's talk about that for a sec. That has so rarely worked. You remember the Battleship movie? That was terrible. I don't, but I remember it coming out and being like, I don't want to see that movie. Yeah, I watched it like on Netflix, I think. I, re I just remember it, it being extant in the world. Um, but it's like Clue has such an interesting premise for a board game because it's like figure out who did it and with what weapon. And yeah. it's like if I'm and I know they do this in the movie, but it's like if I'm locked in a house with six people and a dead body, I'm pretty sure I can figure out whether or not that person has been shot. Well, he 
Well, it it depends on what ending you're going by. Because if you're going, well, by no, the- not talking about the movie. I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the board game. I'm talking about the board game. The premise of oh, the board uh, game clue in that, oh, like, you're not you allowed to look at the body to tell whether or not it's been hung or not. Yeah, it's like it would be pretty obvious if there's either a a bullet wound, b a head trauma, a head trauma, head trauma, c um, strangulation bruises around right, like the neck. The options are, are the, 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 the gun, the revolver, the rope, the lead pipe, the wrench, the knife, candlestick. and the candlestick. So like so you've three, got, four out of, let's see, the rope, the pistol. So the rope, the pistol, and so the three, knife. You have three blunt objects. Yeah, like right? that would be... Yeah, head trauma. And then the other ones are like, hmm, does he have multiple stab wounds? Was he wounds? stabbed? <laughs> was he hanged? Or was he shot? Okay, well, let's rule those three things out pretty freaking quickly. <laughs> and also, if he was stabbed or hanged or shot, you knew it wasn't the lead pipe or the wrench yeah. or the candlestick. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Um, Have you, when was the last time you played Clue? Uh, let's see. Because for me, it was probably July 12th. high school. You can literally point to a date that you July played 12th, Clue. 2019. It was, hold on, it was either July 12th or... Nope, sorry, it was July 5th. I'm just staring in astonishment that you know exactly what It was July date. 5th that I played Clue. Well then, never mind. There, go- I was just gonna make a joke about like, yeah, but when was the last time you played Clue anyway? Because mine was probably like six years ago, and I'm pretty sure then yeah. we didn't even finish it. Oh no, I can tell you when the last time I played Clue was. It was when I was babysitting, and the children I was with did not understand how Clue is is played, and I just they just spent the whole game like trying to get. They're like. It's Professor Plum with the knife. And I'm like, um, no, it's not because I have the knife card. And they're like, yeah, but it could still be Professor Plum with the knife. And I'm like, it's, it's, it's not, it's not the knife because I have the knife. So if I have the knife card, then that means that it is not in the secret envelope. And they're like, but, but it could be. And I'm like, fine, it's Professor Plum with the knife. Let's play categories. I don't know. See, I don't remember playing Clue as a child. Um, I'm sure I did, but like, I don't have specific memories of not understanding how Clue worked as a child. I do have specific memories of not understanding how Clue worked when I was drunk. And that's pretty much the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's why I, um, it's also, I think, been a long time since I've played Monopoly as well, because that kind of operates by the same rules of, it's a little bit difficult to keep, because I don't know about you, but I usually only play games or card games or whatever, like when I'm hanging out with my friends, and usually there's drinking involved. And by that point, it's like the only thing you can do is play what do you meme? Because anything with like um, context-based clues or critical thinking skills is just out the window at that point. So Oh, no. See, we that's what we do is I have a group of friends where we get together and play very, very complicated board games. Uh whilst inebriated that just sounds like my version of the bad although place. it has not it has backfired in the past because like we tried to play settlers of Catan once and just got nope. way too drunk for it 
and nobody understood what was happening. Oh man, that's oh. Have you ever played um, Quelf? I have not. It's a nonsense game. And it's one of those games that you're like, this would be fun with drunk people. And then you play it with drunk people and you en- just end up shouting at everyone because it's, it has all of the, uh, there are cards every now and then that you might pick up that'll, it'll create like a rule for the group or for the person who drew the card. Um, so one of the rules might be like, you have to point to the person who is talking. Um, and if you don't do that, then you move back a space and it just turns into like everyone forgetting the rules and everyone just like yelling at each other about like, but you didn't do the rule. Well, we picked a new rule. No, that was last round. Or maybe that's just my friends. I don't know. Maybe we just get very <laughs> argumentative when we're all drunk. I mean, definitely. And like, I've, I, I don't love the like. I'm kind of over it at this point. The games like, uh, like Cards Against Humanity, Cards Against Humanity, and and what do you mean? Where it's like super, super, super subjective like that. I will say, like, I am a beast at what do you mean? But that's the thing is, you can't be good at that game because you always have that one total whack person in the group that's like, I'm not gonna pick the funny thing. I'm gonna pick. I have this very specific sense of humor and they're kind of dumb see but see the thing about those games is that you don't play what you think is funny you're supposed to play what you think the judge will think is funny right and that's the thing is like i'm always playing it with i'm always playing those games with like a mixed group of like people i know and some total strangers oh yeah um and the total strangers always pick stupid things um <laughs> cards against humanity i will forever and always associate cards against humanity with um College orientation week, slap week, um, where slap, slap, where you just show up and you get slapped. What in did the that face. stand for? Summer leadership adventure um, program. Perfect. <laughs> was that it? Yeah, that sounds great. It's like oh uh, man, was, I did not, I, I did not do that. I was not in PLP. I did that for one and a half semesters because my parents are like, well, you're getting some scholarship money. I was getting like five hundred dollars a semester. And um, and they're like, but you d- you don't know. I was like, I don't want to have a leadership minor. Okay, so listeners, there's this program at our school called the PL called PLP, which stands for President's Leadership Program. It's one of those things that every now and then I'll see someone write about the PLP program, which is the President's Leadership Program program. But anyway, and you have to have a leadership minor. And I remember telling my parents that I didn't want to study leadership. And they were like, well, you don't know until you get there. And I was like, I don't want to study leadership. And then sure enough, I took leadership classes. I was like, I don't care about this. And then I dropped out of the program. That has to that cares? has to have the worst retention rate of any college like program yeah. in any anywhere. I mean, well, the other thing is that they have it has like insane amount of community service hours attached to it, um, like required hours that you have to get, and like all this other stuff. If I if I recall, I think I remember. Oh, it was. I don't know if they actually did this or not. I think it was like my junior or senior year. They um, changed it so that if you join the PLP program as a freshman, you have to stay with it all four years. Like you can't. Yeah, drop they're trying out of to it. do that with a lot of things, like making people stay on campus all four years, and also not allowing uh, homecoming to be a night game because they hate tailgating. Oh my god, that was. <laughs> do you want to talk Still about? <laughs> Still mad. <laughs> that was a long day when you start drinking at 8 a.m. <laughs> for a 
1 p.m. football game. <laughs> and then you're then you're like passed out asleep at 4 p.m. taking a nice afternoon nap. Homecoming should be a night game. We built lights for a reason. Hey, at Kevin Hughes, if you're listening <laughs> to this, let's talk, buddy. Give me a call. We should have a um, podcasters of CNU table at homecoming. <laughs> you, me, Tyler, M. Schultz from an That's Why We Drink. <laughs> who else? I don't know who else uh, is at CNU who has a podcast now, but... <laughs> I have no idea. Um... Are you going to homecoming this year? I don't even yeah, know when it probably. is. probably. Oh, that's funny, because I was going to say, mm, probably not. Tyler and I are going. That's the plan. Um, I mean, he's about to have a kid, so things could s- always change. Well, and I'm was- constantly getting offers to go on tour and do things, so that could also change. I have no idea. Probably. That's the plan right now. Well, he also has a fun incentive to go this year, because he has a baby that now he can show off and be like, look at this cute, tiny bundle. Isn't it amazing? Man, pre- Babies are insane. I think every now and then I have an out of body experience where I'm like another human grew a human inside them. And now there is another human, but smaller in the world. Yeah, that's how we all got here. <laughs> so not Clem. a single one of us was dropped off by aliens. Um. Oh, <laughs> aliens is just always kind of my like cop out for everything. And also right now I'm thinking of... Um, have you seen there these comics on like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook of the aliens? Um, and it'll say like like there was one this mor- that he posted this morning, and it was like a baby alien taking its first step, and it's like the being is wobbly. Yes, the being has a small head. Oh, why are you so cute? It's because he has a big head, and it. Ah, uh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I did a bad job of explaining those comics but they're great who is it by it's like i want to say it's like nathan pile or something i don't remember it is nathan w pile look up those comics folks because they're really fun follow them on instagram yeah do that so clue <laughs> i don't know what to say with it so what 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 is your favorite part of this movie what which oh so which ending do you like the best oh good question um I think I like the, um, shoot, now I'm mixing up my endings. I like the ending where they all did it, basically. Like, they each murdered someone, and then Wadsworth... So the last one. Yeah, I think it's the last one where Wadsworth ends up getting shot, and Mr. Green is secretly an FBI agent undercover or something. I might be mixing up my endings, but that one's good. What about you? Uh, I actually like the first one. I I generally tend to side with the one that's the most, like, neat and tidy. Yeah, that one is. is So, I really um, like that one. Mrs... That's Miss Scarlet, right? Yes. Yeah, the, frankly, Miss Miss Scarlet, I don't give a damn. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Um... And then the other ending is Miss Peacock. Oh, so the Miss Peacock ending actually was originally much darker. And you can to- you can see like where they cut it to make it fit better. So originally the Mrs. Peacock right. ending was supposed to end with her getting shot and she dies. But they decided that was way too dark. So instead they um, cut it to right before she gets shot. And they added in these like off-screen voices of her saying like, don't touch me, I'm a senator's wife. And then the policeman saying, take her away, boys. And then when it cuts back to the policeman, you can still see the smoke hanging in the air from the gunshot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. I did notice that. Like, it, I don't think it like quite clicked in my brain, but it's it, it, yeah. knowing that before I watched that ending again this time, 
you can it's a really abrupt cut between the like FBI agent uh who comes to talk to them about Jesus Christ. Your souls are in danger. Our lives are in danger, you beatnik. God, that line just cracks me up. Anyway, and yeah, it's a really abrupt cut because he like turns around and points the gun at her. And then it cuts away, I think, to like a wide shot or something of um, the house or whatever. Yeah. And then apparently so show- there was this other. Yeah. So like I said, they filmed six endings. And one of yeah. them was that like Wadsworth did it. And he actually secretly poisoned everyone with slow acting poison. And then he sneaks off. And everyone else just dies. And the producers were like, well, that's way too dark for this movie. Right. So, like, they showed... When it was in theaters, they only showed one ending per showing. Yeah. Yeah, that was... So, like, there was people... I think it was my mom that told me this, but there was people that would, like, go to different theaters in town to see different endings. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Which is just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I was looking it up, and, like, they would advertise um, children back in the day before Fandango.com listed showtimes for everything. You had to look it up in the newspaper, and the newspaper would list, like, like you know, um, what are the names? You know, Regal Cinema 23, uh, Clue, 2 o'clock, Ending B. And it would list it as, like, Ending A, Ending B, Ending C. Yeah, so people could go yeah. see it multiple times and get the different endings. Which, Which still didn't work because it only made $14 million. Yeah, I guess. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if they freaking, uh, if they, like, if, if Avengers Endgame had three different endings? I'm trying to think of, like, what the other endings could have possibly. Oh, wait. Well, there's an entire YouTube channel based off of this, how it should have ended. <laughs> yeah. But, like, can you imagine if they had three different endings and you knew that? It's like, it would have made $5 billion. Yeah. Well, uh, that's another thing is that, like, the only, re- so, like, for example, the post credit scenes in Marvel, people really only started, like, those only got more popular and more, like, well-known about because, like, people would post on social media and be like, oh, did you see the post credit scene for blah, blah, blah? It was hilarious when that happened or whatever. And people would say, oh, there was a post credit scene. Let me go back and see it. But when this, when Clue came out in 1985, there probably weren't a lot of people saying like, oh, you know, posting on, um, on, you know, the internet that didn't exist at that point, I suppose, and saying like, oh, I got this ending. What ending did you get? And I don't know. I wonder how different it would be if it came out this time around to get like social media buzz about all the different endings. Um, got it. I was going to say something else, but I don't remember. Oh, I, I, I personally just think it's really clever that they decided to do um, all the different endings. Because I I think if there had just been one final ending, I would be like, well, wait, then that it doesn't make sense when this happened and this person said this. That doesn't match up with this ending. So I, I like how they wrote three different endings because there were there's so much going on in this movie and so many characters and things happening right. in the background that like it's totally plausible that it could have happened all these other oh, ways. Oh, for sure. And it's like you can't, you know, you can't go back and like determine which one was which. They don't show you enough shots to like determine which was the proper ending. Yeah, exactly. And I get that they went with like, here's how it really happened. But it's like, 
it you know it's it's a pick your own adventure kind of movie yeah that would be fun and um, i thought about it i thought about it halfway through um because i couldn't remember exactly how it happened in like the, the the like dvd release or whatever um but i thought about it halfway through i was like wait are they only going to show me one ending yeah that's what i was wondering too like, i rented it on itunes because like, can you imagine if like if you rent it on itunes you get one ending if you rent it on youtube you get a different ending if you rent it on amazon you get a different oh, ending that's like um there was this episode recently i say recently i think it was like within the the last year of Welcome to Night Vale and it had to do it involves some kind of time loop and they when they released it on different platforms you got different endings for this episode of Night Vale. And so if you watched it, like if you listened to it on YouTube, you got a, a different ending. If you listened to it on Spotify, you got a different ending. If you listened to it, I think there were three or four different endings going around. And I remember thinking that's so cool that they did that. And also like very risky because people, like I had to go around and like do like, I had to like go on Reddit and figure out like, wait, well, how many endings are there? And like all this other stuff, but. I don't remember that at all. Um, I guess I didn't, I guess that was, I go through periods with Night Vale, like, I'm always listening to Night Vale, but, like, I listen to it, like, once a year, basically. What does that mean? Do you just not listen when all the episodes come out, like, on the 15th yeah, or whatever? Yeah, it's just I never remember to actually list, I never remember to actually listen to them, so, like, I don't know, it's like I'll listen to, like, 10 episodes, right? And I'll go, which is, like, six months or five months or whatever, six months, to so take a break every six months. And then I'll go like six months later and listen to another ten episodes. So like I'm not ever quite caught up. Yeah, and the the other thing recently that they're doing where they um are having all of these they have like an overarching plot line, like through line going through a handful of episodes. Yeah. And sometimes I can't like when it comes out on the first of the month and then the fifteenth of the month, I can't remember like what happened in the last right. episode. And if it's three episodes when it's three episodes, it's like the first of the month, the 15th of the month, and the first of the next month. So it's like if it says like one of three, I'll go like watch it again. Uh, I'll go like wait. Yeah. Um, it's episode 133, by the way, called Are, Are You Sure? Um, and it, if I recall, it starts off with Cecil. I don't know. He talks about like he doesn't remember what happened and has something to do with time. Um, it came out, oh, almost a year ago, September 11th, 2018. So, but yeah, that, I thought it was very, it was very clever and very, um, I don't know, just like unique and interesting that Night Vale decided to do different endings and have them on different platforms. Cause it made it, 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 it like made it more fun and interactive basically that like you had to, um, go seek out the other, um, episodes and i guess from a standpoint perspective of a podcaster it also is a way to get people to listen on different platforms than they normally listen on oh definitely let's see yeah i think that was exactly the time i stopped listening last year because the last episode i listened to was brought to you by kellogg's <laughs> which was august 1st <laughs> uh, that was around the time that was around the time and this might not be the thing you even noticed but that was around the time that cecil got a new microphone and I hate it. <laughs> um, it sounds different, and it's it, it it cuts off the bottom end of his voice. And I really want to just like email Joseph Fink and be like, "Hey, hey, hey, um, guy, can you <laughs> fix it, please?" <laughs> um, I started re-listening to episodes. Like I started at the beginning, and he talks. So the episodes now 
compared to at the beginning. Now he talks so much slower and his voice is so much deeper. It's insane to the yeah. point where I was like, I'm listening to the old episodes and I'm like, oh my gosh, the like I would listening to the I would listen to the old episodes like multiple at a time and then a new episode would come out and I'd be like, this is so slow moving. What is going on? And like I thought I was listening at half speed or something. Nope. I did get to see them live, which was awesome. Oh, that's right. You met um, one of them, didn't you? We met Cecil. Yeah. Or Tyler did. We met Cecil. We both did. Uh, But we got to see the live show for The Spy in the Desert, and it was amazing. I don't remember when the... the, I don't remember anything about any plots of Welcome to Night Film. The the live shows are completely separate. Oh, that's right. They have, yeah, a different show that goes on tour. That's the current tour they're, they're touring right now. It's coming to Charlottesville next month. Cool. But the live shows are super rad. Um... But that was the last time I like even even when I got back from PodCon, I was like, I should listen to Night Vale, and then I just didn't. <laughs> um, it was actually no, that's a lie. I was gonna say it was the podcast that got me into podcasts, but the podcast that got me interested with podcasts was um, Mugglecast. I think. For me, it was it was the very generic answer of cereal. <laughs> That was the first podcast that I like listened to, and then uh, I was like, "Man, I need more of these podcast things." And I knew Tyler listened to Night Vale, so I was like, "I'm gonna try that." Yeah, man. And cereal. here we are. There is nothing like I don't know. It was just like what a weird cultural moment to be in, where everyone, the thing that everyone was talking about was a podcast. Was it? Yeah, the, and there, there, there will just never quite be anything like season one of Serial ever again. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't know, it's fun it's funny because it completely spurred like it made like everyone wanna do a podcast or listen to podcasts or whatever. And then it also created this like new genre of true crime. But the thing is that cause everyone who has like who does a true crime podcast now or whatever I'm making this all up because I don't have a true crime podcast, but I'm imagining that people who created true crime podcasts that follow a single story or murder case are going off of like, oh, well, people responded so well to Serial um, because that's true crime. Let's do true crime. Let's do um, a murder case. But the thing that made Serial good is that it's NPR and NPR is really good at storytelling and audio storytelling. And that's why yeah, it was it's so like good. Produced by Ira Glass. Yeah. So like it was never gonna fail. Yeah, exactly. It, was never it wasn't bad. It wasn't that like, oh, this is a true crime podcast and that's why it did well. It did well because it was created and told because it was yeah it was so npr good. doing what npr does well yeah but just on a new medium people like oh my god <laughs> yeah it's like you can get this all the time like 24 hours a day if you just turn on npr yeah which i've started becoming one of those people who listens to npr now or at least at work like i'll have it on in the background if i'm like i don't really feel like listening to music but i don't want to sit in silence so yeah i'll have the news on Makes me feel like a cultured, knowledgeable person. Okay, so let's bring it back real quick <laughs> before we before we wrap up. Yes, um, you have you've said this is your current favorite movie a couple times during this episode. Say I'm a person who has because this is definitely going to happen, and there are people that are going to feel really called out right now. Say that I'm a person who is listening to this episode of Bacon and Eggs, but has never seen Clue. Okay. Yeah. Why should I go? watch Clue right now. Sure. Well, first of all, I should say that 
I would imagine that there are a lot of people listening or people who probably might not even listen to this episode because they haven't seen Clue because I don't think it well, was they they hold on here's the here's the t- the problem though is those people are not about to hear what you're about to say I mean the yeah, people I'm who saying are saying that like the people who not, are not listening to this episode it's are not, not a stretch to assume that a lot of people haven't seen Clue because it's like it's not a popular movie it's not it's definitely one of those cult classics so if you haven't if you are listening now and you haven't seen clue it's not at all like surprising or like like it's insane nowadays when you hear people say oh you haven't seen you haven't even seen a single harry potter movie clue isn't like that if you haven't seen clue totally understandable um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people who have not seen Clue, but, and therefore there are people who won't listen to this episode, but that's okay. There are definitely going to be people who are listening and have not seen Clue, so tell but, them why they should see it. Um, first of all, I appreciate that it's on the shorter end of movies, so it's not going to take up like your entire night. It's not going to take up your day. It's just a nice period of time to sit and relax and watch an hour and a half long movie. Oh yeah, it's 96 minutes. Yeah. We stand. They do. Yeah, they, like I said, they don't make them like they used to. It's the comedy is very quick. Um, it's a nice mixture of very obviously funny movie mo- moments with dry humor. There's lots of slapstick and physical comedy. Um, and Tim Curry is amazing in this as well. He is just like, you can just tell when he got this role, he was like, I'm going to give it my all. And it totally reads that way. Um, for sure. But the, I just remember like the physical comedy in this movie is so, it is of another time. Like they don't really make physical comedy movies anymore. I don't think. I can't think of anything that. Um, I can't think of any fi- like recent comedies or movies that have come out that have been a lot of physical comedy. No, they leave that to animation now, and, which is crazy. Um, yeah, and, and but like anyway, it made me want to like watch a live like play version of this movie because it's so. It's also it's also like a great ensemble of cast members that it's like um what do they call them into a, a it's like a box episode where you have the you yeah. put the entire cast which are all awesome and you put them all in this one enclosed space and and watch them watch them go basically that's my pitch for this movie <laughs> that being said I mean it's definitely like. It's definitely, you can tell it's an older movie. Like there's lots of like kind of corny sound effects and um, uh, Yvette's costume. You have to just get over that immediately because it's so outrageous. Like how we were talking about like the Spirit Halloween sexy costumes. It looks like they went to a Spirit Halloween store and got a maid's outfit. Um, Oh, for sure. But like, it's just, I don't know. It's just a good, enjoyable time. Yeah, it it definitely is. I'm definitely a fan. I thoroughly enjoy this movie. Good. I'm glad I harassed you on Discord and convinced you to do this. No. It was no, I like this movie. You wouldn't have had to convince me. Well, I, well, it was just funny because I was going back. Um, oh, we were talking in Discord about how in the early days of our group message, we sent a lot of that one gif of Dwight from the office with the mannequin face on his yes. face. 
And Tyler took a screenshot of um, all of the images in our group message. And I was scrolling through trying to find something else. And there's this one period where I just sent a plethora of clue gifts. And I think I also did that in our Discord server as well, which you can join for $3 a month. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I'm... I know I'm like overkill at this point, but I just, th I'm having a good time sending all of these clue gifts. I don't care if no one else is having a good time. Fair, fair. So let's, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Yes. Let's, let's How do How do we it. wrap let's... this up? <laughs> I, I don't know. This is so weird being on this episode without Tyler. I haven't done this in so long. It's been since uh, like December, 2017. Um. Anyway, we, so we gotta, we gotta do, we gotta do a villain ranking. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is going to be confusing. Um, we have yeah. to put it on the big board and we have to give it a breakfast food. Okay, right. Villain ranking. Who knows? <laughs> Question mark. Right. That's the real thing is like, who's the villain here? The villain is communism. <laughs> no, my dear. Communism was just a red herring. Um, the villain The villain was the American threat of communism <laughs> in the 1950s. Um, which that is, um, that was a huge problem. Um uh, in terms of real real world villain, the real villain here is Joseph McCarthy. <laughs> Who's oh, I was like, I thought you were. I, I thought one of the actors was named Joseph McCarthy, and I was like, who no. are you talking about? No, um, I don't know. It depends on what ending you're going with, because I think uh, like Wadsworth being a villain, great villain. I mean, is he on a spectrum of um, of Thanos? No. <laughs> But he's a, it's a classic, you know, the butler did it villain kind of a right. thing. But I'm a butler. I bustle. <laughs> Is that even a word? <laughs> um, I mean, there's like, when you debate, there's but rebuttal. So I guess argument. Yeah, I don't to know. buttle means to work as a butler. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's an actual word. Um, I don't know. What, do we have to, do we have to give an official oh, villain God. ranking? Oh, God. Do what? not look up the word "buttle" on Urban Dictionary. Jesus Christ! I'm Almighty. doing it. I'm doing Don't it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And do not say anything you see out loud. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. Do not say anything out loud. Just leave it. Leave it. Leave it. <laughs> listener. Won't. Listener. Hey, listener. We'll say the let's second get, definition. Let's get personal and NPR here for a second. This is Ira Glass telling you: Do not do that. <laughs> The second definition, however, is correct. It says, what a butler does when he works. So. He buttles. Um, breakfast food. Monkey brains? No. That's, that's the meal easy. they have, right? <laughs> yeah, but that's a soup and like. I don't know. Breakfast so food. So it's popular in Cantonese cuisine. It's not often found in Washington, D.C. A nice uh, cheese pizza. <laughs> um, breakfast food. I don't know. I'm thinking like. A bowl of like, oh, um, a bowl of like cookie crisp cereal where it's, it's an old cereal, older cereal. Um, it's not exactly nutritional. Is it going to get you through the day? Not really, but it's fun. So which cereal? I said cookie crisp. Did you? Yes, I did. I, I missed that. I was busy looking up, uh, gifts of Tim Curry saying cheese pizza. <laughs> Yes, Cookie Crisp. There's not one. Which I cookie crisp. was okay. only allowed okay. to eat as a child when we went on vacation to our, um, when we did our like 
summer beach trip. Have you ever gone back as an adult and like gotten the cereals that you used to eat when you were a kid and just been absolutely appalled by them? Um, well, I still to this day eat Cocoa Puffs, so. Cocoa Puffs are a refined <laughs> flavor. Uh, They're a gentle, a gentle smattering of chocolate. Um, no, sorry. No, no, not Cocoa Puffs. I was thinking Cocoa Krispies. Cocoa Krispies are good for about Cocoa Krispies. Oh, here's the other thing about like all the other Rice Krispie cereals is that they're good if you can eat them within two minutes. Because as soon as the milk sets in, that's it. It's like you're eating a wet tissue. Do you know there are people that eat dry mini wheats? Um, I've had them as like a snack. I have not. Those um, need those need milk. Like, yeah, I'll, I've packed them like back when I would lifeguard and stuff. They would be like my snack throughout the day and just have a Ziploc bag and eat like one or two and that's it. I ate a lot. We also growing up like ate a lot of dry cereal just as like an afternoon snack. Like it was Fair. chips or something. My brother, my brother was obsessed with um, honeycomb, and okay. which they don't have anymore, but like to the point where my sister and I weren't allowed to eat the honeycomb cereal. There are things that are not on this list, Tyler. What? <laughs> I'm looking at our, I'm looking at our, um, our big board. Oh yeah. Uh, and there are things that are missing. And also it's hard to tell where things go because every movie is listed as three, except them. <laughs> Is that from the uh, National Treasure episode? Or National Treasure 2? No, 1. Yeah, yeah. Which oh, no. is National Treasure 2 is not listed here. Hang on. Something happened with my headphones. Go ahead. Start speaking again. Uh, I said there National Treasure 2 is not listed here. Oh, okay. Which is the problem. Um, anyway, which is ironic because that's when you renamed the numbers, right? With the three... Yeah. The beer. What was that in? Ohio or something? Uh, old Milwaukee. That's it. Milwaukee. Which is Wisconsin. Anyway, so the big board. Uh, is this better than Venom? I don't know. I haven't seen Venom. I'm assuming yes. Uh, yes, it, it is. Go, not a, Venom's yes. listed as number 52 because we will not rank a movie lower than Venom this good, year. Good, good. We refuse. Uh, is it better than Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back? Yes. Is it better than Transformers? Yes. Is it better than The Crimes of Grindelwald? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Is it better than the Lego Movie 2, the second part? Yes. Is it better than Detective Pikachu? I'm making wild claims because I've seen about half of these movies. Yes. Just pick up. Just Oof, keep going. That's tough. Uh, it, well, it's not better than National Treasure, so you what? lose there. No, no, it's better than National Treasure. It's not better than National What's Treasure. What's above National Treasure? Ralph breaks the internet. I don't think Ralph breaks it's, the internet. Was like it's that. not better than National Treasure. <laughs> this is my Ra show, and I'm overruling you. Fine, but I don't think Ralph breaks the internet should be that high up. That's not high up at all. There's like 25 movies I mean, above. I don't it. think. Look, I think national National Treasure should be above Ralph, and then and then what movie are we doing? Clue should be above National. What? So what's above Ralph? So Ralph is number 29. <laughs> uh, Lego Batman. Okay. No. No. I, like I said, I. It's hard because this is, those are all like modern new movies. And this is just like a completely different style of movie where it's just like a play, basically. And I think it's on a different level. <laughs> like I said, it might be my current favorite movie. I don't know. That's fine. It could be your favorite movie. That doesn't. It's, it's, this so is, I'm a little uh, bit biased in the ranking. Okay, fine. It's no, I feel I still you. Can't I feel you. It's a good you movie. National but I also love National Treasure. This. Like, oh my god, I unapologetically love National Treasure. That therefore said, it ranks number thirty on my list. 
of movies this year. We've released some, we've reviewed some banger films in 2019. Um, what's like, your favorite? All four, not... all four Toy Story movies are on this list. Uh, freaking all of the Dark Knight movies are on this list. The Prestige is on this list. Endgame's on this list. Captain Prestige. Marvel's on this list. Oh, Captain uh, Marvel. Both of the, the Jordan Peele horror movies are on this list. Jurassic Park is on this list. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty good list. So it's 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 okay to be number thirty-two on the list. Y'all should do um Jaws next summer for Shark Week. We already did Jaws. Just kidding. <laughs> we did it last year for Summer at Sea. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is right before back to school. What do you have on the slate coming up? Uh, I- no idea, because I don't know when Tyler's going to have a baby. Well, he's not having the baby. So it's complicated. <laughs> what would you, if you could have a dream slate coming up, what would what would be your dream movie to do next? I have no idea. That's a, that's a big, that's a big, big question. Especially since I'm the guy that gets to pick the movies for a little while. Also, and I have to pick movies to do with guests. I cannot believe that when I was given the option to pick a movie, I did not choose Legally Blonde. I was thinking about it. I'm like, why did I not say Legally Blonde? No offense, but we're going to get a, a, a like absolute ringer of a guest to do the Legally Blonde episode. That'll be a big one. Um, Are you getting Reese Witherspoon? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I'll certainly contact her people. Are you saying? Are you saying I'm not a ringer of a guest, Ethan? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but you've already been on the show. What I have? Yeah, several when times. When was that? I don't recall. Um, I suddenly well, can't you, read. Well, you did Ocean's Eleven with us, and you also did were I? on like a week and a half ago. Oh, hmm. I don't recall. Um, <laughs> which, by the, the way, the episode that we did with Mike Schubert. Yeah, listeners, if you have not listened to that episode, go and listen to it because it was honestly one of the funniest things I've. Oh, that's the best thing we've ever done on this show. It was so fun. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. There are just so many things that happened. A lot happened. It was a quality, quality time. So go listen to that. Things happened. Words were said. Yes, words were said. Yeah, that being said, don't listen in the car with your parents on the way to school. Unless You're your so parents much more are concerned really cool. about this than anybody else is. Because <laughs> I just can't imagine listening to a podcast and have that particular episode as like, I don't know, a 17-year-old and having a, just like play on the speaker on my phone and then my parents walk in at the exact moment that someone says something so bad and then you just have a moment where you stare at your mom and your mom stares I'm sorry. at you. First of all, first of all, Mary Clay, the, the, the final edition that got released is completely clean. There are still so many things that happen. Second of all, <laughs> what kind of 17-year-old do you think listens to podcasts on their phone speaker out loud when their mother could walk in at any moment? Minute. When they're getting ready for school in the morning, Ethan's shaking so. his head. I don't think so. Listeners, anyway, tweet at um, me. How do you uh, listen Mary to Clay. podcasts? Mm-hmm. Mary Clay, do you have any final thoughts? Um, this is a great movie. Tim Curry was great. I love the humor. And um, uh, that that is all. Perfect. Well, where can we find you? Tell us about your show. Um, oh, right. I have a podcast. It's part of the Bacon and Eggs Network called That's What I'm Talking About, where I read Lord of the Rings for the first time. It's like Spark Notes, but more fun. Uh, you can catch that every Tuesday wherever you get podcasts, and you can also uh, find it on Instagram and Twitter at Tolkien About Pod. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at MCWatt416 and on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWatt. How far have you gotten so far? Um, into the book, I'm 
Today, I'm about to read chapter 11. So I'm almost... So each... This is also just makes it unnecessarily confusing. The books are divided into books. So I am on chapter one... Chapter 11 of book one in Fellowship of the Ring. So I am almost halfway through Fellowship of the Ring. So kind of the quote-unquote mid-season finale will be coming up within the next couple weeks. Gotcha. That's so exciting. Yeah. All right. Anyway, well, I'm I'm Ethan Edgehill, and you can find me on Twitter at Edgehill Photos or on Insta- or, no, sorry, on Instagram at Edgehill Photos or on Twitter at uh, Wow Now, but the O's are zeros. You can find the show at Bacon and Eggs Pod anywhere that podcasts are sold. Um, literally anywhere where Bacon and Eggs, a movie lovers podcast, new episodes every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts and now on Spotify. We already know that you're listening to the show. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to support the show and support Mary Clay's show, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs and join the Patreon there where you get access to our lovely, lovely, amazing Discord server for $3 a month. And you can come talk to either of us and Tyler when he's around, which is pretty much just as much as the rest of us for right now. Uh, and then probably never soon. We'll see. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you know how to find us. Our graphics are by Vaishan Brandon at graphite.vmb on Instagram. And our music is by the lovely Andrew Scott Bell at Andrew Scott Bell on Twitter and Instagram or andrewscottbellmusic.com. I've been Ethan Edgehill. She's been Mary Clay Watt. And until next week, arrivederci. See ya.